us and uh, we are so glad that uh, we can meet up again after three years and uh, the last time he was here was uh, three years ago speaking for us in our camp and now he's back again Dr. Billy Ng has been here and is no stranger to us and uh, this time we want to thank God that God has intervened and is able to uh, grant uh, uh, Laura to be to have the papers to be able to travel uh, it is no joke to be uh, staying uh, in the uh, U.S. and not able to move about. Uh, and now that God has answered their prayer, you want to welcome you, Laura. Please stand. We have known Pastor Billy for a long time now, for 17 years since we first met. And now uh, he is here back again to visit uh, mother and uh, siblings. And uh, we're so glad that he is available to preach for us this morning. And uh, he has moved now from uh, Romania to back to the U.S. And now they are in a place called Waterville. It's in upstate New York. Yeah. He was sharing with us and the winter was minus 37. He got to dig his car out from the snow. And, and uh, when you open the door, he was saying that when you open the door on the ground floor, you can't open the door because the snow all blocked. So you've got to dig a hole to come out. Yeah. That was upstate New York. And uh, he's glad to be back here because of the warm weather. And surely he missed all the satay and the pakute. And we are so glad that he can be here and uh, this morning to preach for us and let God speak to us. Church, I, I encourage you to open your hearts and allow the word of God to have a say in our life. Here is a pastor now of the church in uh, Waterville. And uh, let's welcome Pastor Billy Ng. Thank you so much. Am I on? All right. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Pastor Francis, Pastor Yin Ming, for giving me this opportunity to be back here again with each and every one of you. All right. And um, as Pastor Francis mentioned, it is great to be back here in Malaysia. I take five showers a day. And that's before breakfast, all right? So, I want to tell you a joke. You, as you know, we live in a place in New York which is very cold. And we didn't know it before we went there, all right? So, only when, after we took over the church, then we realized how cold it was, okay? Uh, the snow is until here, all right? For those of you taller, it's until here, all right? For me, it's pretty high. And um, many times, my wife and I, we compare the weather where we are to Alaska. And Alaska is always warmer. So we thought, you know, what are we doing there, you know, because it's so cold. So I just want to tell you a joke. Huh? There, are, there are Indians, you know, red Indians in, uh, in America, okay? So there was this uh, red Indian chief, and he has... A tribe of uh, braves and the braves came and asked the chief 
how cold is it going to be this winter? So the chief said to the braves, it's going to be cold. Go out and gather wood. So the Indians went out and gathered wood. Then they came back again and they asked the chief, are you sure it's going to be cold? And the chief says, yes, it's going to be very cold. Go out and gather more wood. So the braves went out and gathered more wood. And then the braves came back again and asked the chief, are you sure it's going to be a very, very cold winter? And the chief says, yes, it's going to be very, very cold. Go out and gather more wood. But now the chief is not so sure. So he went back to his home and he called the weather channel. Because that all the time he has been getting information from the weather channel. So he called the weather channel. The weather channel answered him. So he asked the person there, are you sure it's going to be a very, very cold winter? And the weather channel person said, we are very sure it's going to be a very, very cold winter. So the brave, the chief went back and told the people, it's going to be a very, very cold winter. Cut down all the trees. Gather all the wood you can find. So the last time, for the last time, the chief went back and called the weather channel because now he's worried they're cutting down all the forest. So he says, are you absolutely sure it's going to be a very, 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 very cold winter? And the weather channel says, yes, we are 100% sure. So the chief said, how do you know it's going to be that cold? And the weather channel person says, because the Indians cut down all the wood, all the forest, so that's how we know. It's going to be that cold. I guess it's around the area that we live, okay? That's why they cut down everything to burn the wood. Anyway, great to see all of you here, all right? And are you excited for the message for today? All right, wonderful, all right? We are in uh, the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1, starting from verse 1. Alright, let me read a little bit to you first. Is it up there? Alright. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah came, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, into Nebuchadnezzar's hand, which with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shina, to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spoke unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princess, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favoured and skilful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge 
and understanding signs, and such has had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed these people a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, to nourish them three years, that at the end thereof they, the prince of the eunuchs, that of the end thereof the prince of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who has appointed your meat and your drink, for why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort? Then you shall make me endanger my head to the king. Then said Daniel to Melza, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over, and of course you are familiar with all of these names, right? Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Prove your servants, I beseech you, these ten days, and let them give us pulls to eat and water to drink. Alright, let's stop there first. Okay, here is a familiar story, alright? Very familiar to each and every one of you, I'm sure. This was when the king of Judah was defeated by the king of Babylon, alright? So there was the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. He came and he conquered Judah. At that time, Israel was separated into two parts, alright? So Judah was the southern side, southern part of Israel. So Nebuchadnezzar came and conquered the land. And he took with them vessels from the temple, but there was something more here. When a conquering nation comes and conquers that nation, which in this case was the nation of Judah, they wanted to take some of the people, some of the people, some of the children of Judah, back to their own country and retrain them. He wanted to change them into his shape. Now remember, the Jewish people, all right, all of you know this very well, the Jewish people belong to God. They were his people. They were his nation. Am I correct? They were his people. But now, they are conquered. And the king of Babylon says, I'm going to take some of these people away from their land and I am going to change them and I'm going to teach them and I'm going to give them my food and I'm going to give them my drink. So, they were a people of God but now because they were conquered, Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylon, king of Babylon, Babylon always represents the world, alright? So the world system is going to take these people, the people of God, the holy nation, called by God to be his people, and they are going to retrain them into the world's image. Are you all getting the picture here, alright? So he's going to take a whole bunch of these people, and it's not 
uncommon, alright? Many times in that period, a, a conquered nation, a nation which lost, they will lose a whole lot of their population because the conquering nation will take them as slaves, as servants in their new country. Of course, they have to learn a new language, they have to learn new ways of thinking, they will be basically brainwashed into the other system. Are you with me so far? Okay. So, everything would have been fine, except that, in this case, there were four Jewish persons. Alright, what were their names again? Let's read it again. Daniel, come on, their original names. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah. Alright? So we know that there were four out of a multitude which were taken away into Babylon. Okay? Everything would have been fine except for these four people. Now you may say, well, what is the difference? What is the difference about these four people? These four people, you see, were special because they know who they were in their God. Let me give you the actual meaning of their names. Daniel, in the original Hebrew, means God is my judge. God is my judge. Nobody else. Nobody else. Not Babylon, not this king, not that king. God and God alone is my judge. Now, think about this. We all have a judge. His name is Jesus, alright? Jesus. And when we come before Jesus, Jesus will look at each and every one of us and He will judge us as righteous. You may say, why? Why will Jesus say to each and every one of us that you are righteous? You are righteous because Jesus in you is righteous. Let me repeat that. You are righteous because Jesus in you is righteous. Is Jesus ever sinful? Come on. Was he ever sinful? Did he ever fall into temptation and committed a sin? No, right? He is perfect. Correct? He is perfect. He is sinless. He is righteous. And now tell me, who is living inside you? The Holy Spirit and Jesus as well. So when you come before the judge, who is Jesus, Jesus will look at you and He will see Himself in you. Is He righteous? Yes. That is why you are also righteous. If you look at yourself, you will never be righteous. But if you look at who is inside you, you are righteous. Only because of, come on, Jesus in you. Nobody else. You can never say, look, I am righteous because I did all my good works. Never. 
Am I correct? How many churches you planted, what you did in this life. You know, I will never stand before God one day and say, look, God, this is what I did for you. I did this. I planted church. I went here. I went all over the world sharing the word of God. Never. Because nothing, nothing, and nobody, and everybody falls short of the glory of God. Alright? Nobody is good enough. So when Daniel, Daniel knows his name. He says, God, my God, is my judge. Alright? Hananiah means, God is gracious. God is gracious to me. Grace is given to me. That is the name of Hananiah. Mishael means, who is what God is. You are who God says you are. That's his name, Mishael. You are who God says you are. Now, turn with me to another scripture. 1 John 4.17 1 John 4.17 Alright? Let's read this together. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in Him. Alright? God dwells in you. Now, let's take a look. Whosoever shall confess. Now, be, care be careful of this word confess. Confess in Greek means homo logos. Alright? Confess means homo logos. All of you know, homo means same. You know homosexual? Homo. Homo means the same. Logos means word. So when you confess, whoever shall confess, that means you are homo logos, what God says about His Son. You are agreeing with what God says about Jesus. Are you with me so far? So whoever shall homo logos, that Jesus is the who? Son of God. So you see, you agree with what God says about His Son, Jesus. So whoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him or her. And he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. Alright? As the praise and worship team sounded, by the way, the, uh, thank you so much praise and worship team, you all sounded wonderful. Alright? Yeah. We sang about the love of God. And, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. You all remember the scripture? Somebody mentioned it up here. We love Him because He first loved us. Alright? Sometimes we get it wrong. We say we love God and that's why God loves us. That's not correct. We love Him because He first loved us. Us, all right? So, God is love, and he that dwells in love dwells in God, and God in him. And herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of why? judgment. Why do we have boldness once again? The name Daniel again. Why do you have boldness in the day of judgment? Why don't you crawl to judgment like a little worm? Because of Jesus in you. 
You see, you have boldness in the day of judgment because of who is inside of you. Alright? And as the previous verses said, God is in you. Jesus is in you. That's why you can have boldness in the day of judgment. Not to be afraid, but be bold because of Jesus inside of you. Okay, and here's the last one. Because as He is, because as Jesus is, so are we, we meaning all of us here, as He is, so are we, come on, in this world. Read that again. This is scripture. As He is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world, not in heaven. Of course, we will be like Him in heaven. But so are we in this world. Right here in Subang, we are like Jesus. Okay, so now let's play around with this a little bit. We all know that Jesus is seated on the right-hand side of the Father in heaven, right? He make the en His enemies His footstool. Am I correct? Now, do you think Jesus up in heaven is sick? Does He have a disease on Him? No. As He is in heaven, so are we in this world. So, if you have a sickness in your body, look at Jesus in heaven and say this, confess with your mouth once again. Homo logos, what God says about His Son. As Jesus is in heaven, He's perfectly healthy, so am I in this world. Is Jesus victorious up in heaven? So what are you going to say now? As He is victorious in heaven, so I am right here in Subang, in around KL, in around all this area, you proclaim the victory that Jesus won for you on the cross. As He is in heaven, so are we in this world. That's what the scripture says. Not so are we one day. Not so are we, well, one day when after you pass on and you are in heaven, you will be like Jesus. The scripture says you are healed, victorious, restored, and made perfect because of his sacrifice for you. Everybody, are you all with me so far? And that is what the name Mishael means. Who is what God is? You are who what God is. That is the name Mishael. That is the name. And now we come to the last name. Azariah, which means God or Yah has helped me. Who is our helper? Come on. Jesus. Who is our provision? Jesus. Who protects us? Jesus. Alright? So, Azariah means God has helped me. Alright? So now, these four children who knew who they were, 
were captured along with thousands of others and they were brought into captivity in Babylon. Now remember, in Babylon, which is the symbol of the world, the world wants to change who you are. The world wants to give you good food. Remember, it says there, the king says, all of you who are kept in captivity in my kingdom, because I'm the king of Babylon, I'm Nebuchadnezzar, you know, I'm the great king here. I'm the worldly king. All of you who are coming into my kingdom from your Jewish nation, I'm going to give you my food to eat. I'm going to give you my drink to drink. I'm going to reshape you. I am going to change you from who God says you are to who what I say you are. Alright? So God gives you an identity. God gives you His position. God gives you something. But now the world comes and in the form of Nebuchadnezzar in this case, and he says, I'm going to change you. Alright, so now let's read on. Alright. Let's look back again. Then said Daniel to Melza, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Prove your servants, I beseech you, ten days. Let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenances be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat, as thou seest, deal with your servants. So he consented, proved them ten days. At the end of the ten days, their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Then Melzah took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days that the king had said he should bring them, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them before Nebuchadnezzar, and the king commuted with them, and among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. Okay? Let's go back to their names. Daniel means, once again, God is my judge. Hananiah means God is gracious to me. Mishael means who is what God is. You are who God, you are like God. And the last one means, Azariah means God has helped me. Alright? So they were brought into the kingdom. They were brought into the world system of Nebuchadnezzar. And the first thing that Nebuchadnezzar said was, you eat my drink, you eat my food, and you drink my drink. Now, if you think about it, you may say, hey, what's the big deal? Now, remember, this is the king's food and the king's drink. Do you think you just get a little portion? This is 
Nebuchadnezzar, you get the best worldly food and you get the best worldly drink. Many people would be tempted and they say, yes, what's wrong with this? There is nothing wrong with eating the best food and drinking the best wine, drinking from the world and eating from the world. Am I correct? Many people will say, there is no harm in that. But you see, with the food and the drink comes a, chain, a change in their names. And you all know the names very well of what uh, these four children were turned to. Daniel, what was Daniel's name changed to? Come on, Belty. Come on, alright, come on, come on. Belty Chesa. Do you know what that name stands for? It means Bel, because Bel, all right, the name has, he was, his name was Daniel, which means God is my judge. But now it means Bel, which is basically the devil, another God, protects my life. Do you see what the world has done? The world says you come in, you eat the best food, the best drink, but you must give up your God-given identity. You give that up and you take on this identity. Bell, the devil, protects your life. And that is such a lie because the devil will never protect you. We all know that, right? The devil comes to steal, kill and destroy you. But you see, it looks very good. From a worldly viewpoint, it looks very good. But you will be taken off what God has given to you and you will be changed into another person. Bell protects my life. Do you think Daniel wants that? No, of course not. You see, Daniel means God and God alone judge me. Just like all of us, we say, Jesus is in me. If Jesus is my judge, right? Because God the Father gave all judgment to Jesus. So Jesus is our judge. But Jesus is also in us. So when He sees Himself, He sees us perfect because He sees Himself perfect. So we want Jesus to be our judge. We don't want Bell to be protecting our lives. Alright, so... Going into Babylon has perks, but you have to give up your position in Christ to get that position. Now, Hananiah, Hananiah Mishael, and Azariah, we know their names very well. Come on, they were changed, their names were changed to what? Shadrach, come on, Mish, Meshach, and Abednego, right? You know the three uh, Jewish. Uh, children, uh, they are not actually children, eh? alright, but Shadrach, okay, so Hananiah, his name will be changed to Shadrach Shadrach means a great scribe scribe, the person who will do a lot of writing and so on do you remember in the New Testament there were Pharisees and what? scribes, alright, so you see he wants to take away Hananiah's identity which means Grace, grace. God is gracious. God is gracious to me. I do not deserve it, 
but God gives to me. I do not merit it, but it is the unmerited favor of God to, come on, me. That's grace. But now the name will be changed to scribe. The scribe is the one, the Pharisees and scribes are the one which always writes the law. Alright? More rules, more regulations, more things you have to do to please God. Nothing about Jesus. Because the Pharisees and scribes didn't like Jesus. Because Jesus says there is only one way to heaven. What is the one way? Come on. Come on. I am the door. Jesus is the only way. There is no other way. The Pharisees and scribes says, Hey, I have the law. If you do all of this, Come on, if you do all of this, then you are good enough for heaven. Why do you listen to this Jesus guy? He says he is the only way. Listen to us. We have been teaching you for thousands of years. So you see, the name of Hananiah was changed from grace to a scribe who will write the law. Mishael. Mishael says, as you are, as He is, as Jesus is, so you are. It was changed to Meshach. Alright? Now look at these two words. Meshach means guest of the king. You are a guest. Guest of the king. Guest. Now, have you ever had guests before in your house? Guests? People come to stay with you for a little while? Yes or no? Yes. I mean, I'm sure... Almost all of us have, right? You have guests coming to your house. So what do you do for your guests? I mean, you know, you, you do something, right? You do something for your guests. So you give them a room to stay. You give them a place to sleep. And you give them some privileges, right? Now, can the guests walk into your bedroom, go through all your clothes, Go through everything that you have in your room. Do you give that privilege to them? Anyone? I'll come and live with you. Any, anybody gives that sort of privilege? No, right? You, you, you see, a guest is temporary and has limited privileges. Am I correct? Does the guest stay with you forever? <laughs> Very emphatic no What happens if you, you see a guest Comes into your house for a little while And then has to leave Am I correct? Has to leave Because he or she is only a guest It's temporary And it's only for a limited time And think about this The most important thing The guest The guest in your house Compare that to your son or your daughter. You leave an inheritance, legacy, you leave an inheritance to your, to your children. Anybody leaving le uh, your legacy, you leave your inheritance to your guests. Hey, you're my guest. I'm giving you my inheritance. No such things, right? No such things. You see, the guest is temporary. 
<coughs> gets no inheritance, one day you have to leave. What, did, what was the original name of Mishael? You are who God says you are. Jesus seated on the right-hand side of the throne. And it says in the Bible, you are seated with Him on the right-hand side of the Father. That is your position. That is who God made you to be. That is who God gives to you. That is what made God made you to be. Remember, you are sons and daughters. Mean, let's move on to the last one now. Azariah means uh, God has helped me, was changed to Abednego. Alright? Meaning, a servant of the god Nebo. Okay? One of the gods in Babylon. So now you have a name called servant. Now let me ask you. I know many people here in this country have servants, right? You know, you have a maid, you have uh, somebody comes in and cleans for you or cooks for you or something like that, alright? Not everybody, but some people have it. I want you to picture this. So there is a servant in your house. And the servant say, says to you, okay, the servant says to you, uh, today is Monday. I don't feel like I should work today. I'm going to take off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday also. Because I don't feel like working. You know, I'm just going to sit around the house, lounge, and I'm not going to work at all. I don't want to clean. I don't want to cook. I don't want to do anything. What will you say? Come on, what will you say? You are no longer my servant. Alright, you, okay, got fired. Okay, now I want to ask you a different question. Okay. Your son says, I'm not going to work today, Monday. And Tuesday, I'm just going to lounge around. And Wednesday, I'm just going to watch TV and play games. Now, you may not like it so much, but you can never say you are no longer my son. You can never say you are no longer my daughter. Because once a son, whether it's good son or bad son or good daughter or bad daughter, you remain as a son, you remain as a daughter for life. You can never say, or you can never unson your son, you see. You can never undaughter your daughter. Am I correct? You see, you may say, well, this daughter or this son, not, not the way they should behave. Yes, but still your son, still your daughter, still your son, still your daughter, and you know that you have to show unconditional love to them as well. Once a son, always a son. Once a daughter, always a daughter. Now compare these two. The son gets the inheritance, right? The daughter gets the inheritance, correct? Does the servant get any inheritance? No. The servant works for a salary. If he or she does not work, gets fired. So the world 
wants you to forget who you are in Christ, your position in Christ. You, you see, the Israelite nation, they, God called them, God, God says, you are my people. Every one of you, you are my people. You belong to me. I am your God and you are my people. Each and every one of you is valuable. Each and every one of you um, is my son, is my daughter. All of you are part of my family. My inheritance goes to you because of your position in Christ. You are mine. You are mine. You are mine. There is nobody who is an orphan in the family because it is not based upon you. It is based upon the adoption by God. Okay, God adopts you. God says, you over there, you are my son. Back there in the sound booth, way back there. You are my son. You are my daughter. You are mine. And God said this before time began. Before time began, God says, I know you. Actually, He knew you before the world was formed. Do you know that? One day, okay, no scripture here, but it's in the Bible. God the Father and was speaking to God the Son before the world was formed, alright? Before the universe was formed. And God the Father said to God the Son, one day you will be the prize. You will be the prize. You will pay for all the sins of humanity. And they made a covenant. We call it the new covenant. But this was done before there was a universe. So I asked people, which came first? Did Adam come first or did Jesus come first? Jesus. Jesus came first before there was any Adam. The original blessing, which was the covenant made between father and son, came before the original sin. Always God first. Never something else. God first. The covenant came first. The price to be paid for redeeming you was Jesus. And that was agreed on before time began. And then time began. You remember? God created the sun and then God created the moon and that's when time began. Because we measure time by the sun and the moon. Before that, there was no time. You see, God is not limited by time. We are limited because once we are created into this universe, into this earth, because of sun and moon, and that's how we start to measure time, right? Okay? So for example, when we flew here from New York, it took us 37, 38 hours. We left Monday and we arrived Wednesday afternoon. We missed Tuesday completely. We don't know where Tuesday went to, alright? Because that's the amount of what? Time it took to fly around the world, right? And so it's daytime, nighttime, daytime, nighttime. Of course, when you're on the plane, you don't know anything because you're just in a metal tube, all right? And then, of course, we saw Brother Aaron at the airport, all right? <laughs> yes, and we say, yes, you know, it, it, it is so wonderful. But once again, God made a covenant before time began, and God says, I knew you. One day you will be born. 
and I'm the one who will redeem you. Because the covenant was made before time began. Alright? But the world wants to change us from being sons and daughters of God to being servants. And you know, we use the word servants very freely. But actually, Jesus says, from now on, you are no longer servants because you are now my... Come on. My disciples, my friends. And you may say, well, what's wrong being a servant? I know many people have a servant mentality. You, you see, there is nothing wrong in serving. Okay, my wife and I, we talk a lot about this. When you come to my house, when you come to my house, or any one of you, when you come to my house, I and my wife will serve you. Does that make us servants? Let's reverse it. I come to your house then. Okay, I come to your house and you serve me, alright, right? Asians are great at serving. You cook, you bring out drinks, you say, here's the chair, please sit down, and you personally serve my wife and I. Correct? Silva, correct? Okay, so you serve me. Does that make you a servant? No, of course not. You are not a servant. You are a son. You are a daughter of God who serves. You serve in the church. You serve at home. You serve in the community. All right? You serve everywhere. Because Jesus also served. Am I correct? Yes. So we all serve. But we are not servants. Because a servant has no privileges. A son and a daughter has privileges. A son and a daughter has inheritance. The servant has no inheritance. So if you identify yourself as a servant, then God says, what are you doing? You are not a servant. You are my son. Pastor Francis, you are my son. Yes, my son. And you are seated with Jesus on the right-hand side. And remember Jesus said, okay, my enemies, you see, they are footstool. Think about a footstool, all right? You put your feet up. I cannot put both my feet up, otherwise I'll fall down. So you put your feet up on the footstool, and the footstool are all Jesus' enemies. You may say, wow, what, what are Jesus' enemies? Because, look, the enemies of Jesus are sicknesses. Because whenever Jesus saw people being sick, He goes and heals them. Whenever there's poverty, whenever there's people trodden down, you see, all those things are enemies of God. Because God didn't create this world to be. But then sin came in, and that's what we have in this world. We have sicknesses, we have poverty, we have many times, you know, multiple crimes. We have so many problems in this world because of the fallen nature of this world. Alright? But Jesus says, all of these are my enemies and I put my feet on top of them because I defeated them. I defeated them. And we are seated with Him, with Christ. That is our position. That is who you are that is who you are and that is who I am. All of us 
sons and daughters sitting on the right hand side together with Jesus. Because that's what the Bible says. Alright? Now, last thing. So remember Daniel, after their, they didn't want their names changed. They said, no, we don't want our names changed. And we don't want your food and we don't want your drink. We will eat pals. We will eat pulses instead. Alright? And many people say, what's a pals? A pals is a seed or a grain. Alright? And they drank water. None of the all those other stuff which Nebuchadnezzar can give to them. And people say, wow, that must be the new diet. If I eat seeds and grains and drink water, that would be my diet. And that, that's the way to defeat the enemy. Yes, they did that. But remember, the Bible... Okay, let, let me share this with you, alright? How many of you remember washing a t-shirt, a special t-shirt or silk t-shirt, not with the washing machine, but you wash with your hands, you soak it in detergent and you wash it. And then after you have washed it, what do you do? Come on. You wring it, right? You wring it. Am I correct? Uh, some people... You grew up in the period where there was no washing machine. Uh, many of you don't even know that. But there was a period of time, remember some of you, 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 you wash everything in a bucket. You know, you put all your clothes in a bucket and you put detergent inside and then you step on it or you do like this, you know. And then at the end, the end, you what? You wring the clothes, right? And when you wring it, all the water comes out, right? Am I correct? If you take your Bible, your Bible, but don't do this here. If you take your Bible and you ring it, what do you think should come up? Jesus. Jesus. Because if you see any other thing in the Bible, that means you are not reading it correctly. Because the Bible is a redemptive story. It is God redeeming each and every one of us to Himself. So when you read the Bible, you should see Jesus coming out all over the place. Right from Genesis to Revelation. Remember, Revelation is the revelation of who? Jesus. It's not the revelation of something else. It's revelation of Jesus Christ. Go and look in your Bible. That's what it says right at the top. Revelation of Jesus. And right from Genesis, so they were eating pulses, right? Pulses is seeds and grain. Seeds. In Genesis, who was the promised seed that would crush the serpent's head? Come on. Jesus. The promised seed was given way in Genesis. One day, the seed will come. And the seed is Jesus. Grain. Grain, you make bread. Correct? Grain, wheat, tepong. Okay, what other language you want? You make a bread. Who is the bread of life? Jesus. Water. Who is the living water? 
that comes out of you. Who is the living water? Jesus. So, Daniel and his three friends were eating seeds, grains, and drinking water. By itself, it has no meaning. Because the food was better. Nebuchadnezzar's food was better. But the symbolism of the seed, the bread, and the living water, they were actually for 10 days resting and feasting on Jesus. Oh, Jesus, you taste so good. You taste so good. You taste so good in my mouth. All right? You are wonderful. And they ate Jesus and feasted on Jesus for 10 days. 10 means perfection. So they were feasting on perfection for a perfect period of time. And after that period, they were called before the king. And the king looked at them and says, Wow! Those other people whom I fed the best meat and the best wine, they are nothing like you because they look healthier, fatter, do you want to read that again? Come, let's read this again. Okay? I'm not inventing this. This is from the Bible. Okay? And the king communed with them, and among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. Alright? So now they appear before Nebuchadnezzar after their ten days are over. And in all matters of what? Wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them what? Ten times better. Ten times better. You want wisdom? Do you all want wisdom? Do you want to be smarter? Do you want to be better? Many people say, oh, better, yes. I got to have the best drink. I got to have best food. I got to have the best of this. But you see, the secret to being 10 times better is to rest and feast on Jesus. That is the secret right there. It is not about eating nuts, you see. After that, after this message, everybody goes out, you know, and goes buy cans of nuts and starts eating and grain. That's not what it says here. The Bible says they were eating it because they reject the world system. They decide to stick with their God. And our God is Jesus. Alright? You eat Jesus. You want to be smart? You eat Jesus. All the students here, are you going for a major exam? You want to enter Harvard? Feast on Jesus. Rest in Jesus. That's what it says. He found them how many times better? Come on. Ten times better than all the smartest people in the Chaldean kingdom. All right? Chaldean and Babylonians were the smartest people at that time. They could read the stars. They could tell time. They could do many things because of signs. But these four Jewish kids were 10 times better than their smartest people. Do you want to be successful in business, in ministry? People say, oh, no, no, we got to do this, we got to do that. 
The secret is to feast and rest in the finished work of Jesus. Because there's only one person who is perfectly, who has all wisdom, who is perfect. There is only one person who is perfect in understanding, in knowledge, and his name is Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much, all right? Thank you so much. Uh, praise and worship team, please come up here to close.